Hello, welcome to the Cinema Crew. I am Stan. The system operating your body for you. Can the creator of Saw make anything scarier than Saw? What's going on here? Our group of friends has been playing the same game of tag for 30 years. At school, we couldn't leave the playground, but this game of tag has gone global. The elephant in the room. What elephant? Mom's new job. First up, Pixar are back with their next animated family comedy, but can they really squeeze any more life out of The Incredibles? That's this week on The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Kyron Wheatley, and we're here to sift through cinema's new releases before they've even been released. That's my superpower. Vary McIntyre, PhD in film, seems like a superpower to me already. <laughs> but uh, if you could have another one, what would it be? I reckon it would be to stop time. Ooh. That way I could sleep in every morning and yeah. never be late to work. <laughs> <laughs> like me this morning. That seems a little pointed at me today. <laughs> no. And Michael Cambo-Campbell. Cambo, you used to work in Village Cinema's Candy Bus, so getting into free films aside, what would your superpower be? I've always had a fascination with uh, with the pointless superpowers. Did you oh, guys yeah. ever do this when you were young? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Come yeah. with a superhero that had the most pointless power? Yeah. Mm-hmm. My hero always had the power of always having correct change. <laughs> <laughs> That's Just helpful. Really? hate talking to retail staff? For- <laughs> no, because working behind the counter, I loved it when people had great All change. right. <laughs> Think about that yourself. Keep listening. We've got your chance to win a Village Cinema's Gold Class Double Pass a little later on. He's in excellent health. What the? Num num cooking. Cooking. Wow. Okay. That is freaky. You know it's crazy, right? To help my family, I gotta leave it. To fix the law, I gotta break it. You've got to, so our kids can have that choice. Thank you, young man. In the early 2000s, I refuse to say the noughties, the world was being overtaken by superheroes, right? You had Daredevil, Hulk, Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2. And on that wave, Pixar released The Incredibles, which is, you know, about a family of superheroes living undercover. But while the comic book movies haven't stopped, it's now been 14 years until now, when we're getting Incredibles 2. Cambo, are the studios out of ideas? I mean, look, I like, first of all, I like the idea that you think the world isn't still controlled by superheroes in 2018. <laughs> but uh, not in this case, I don't think. Uh, so this one actually picks up right where the first one left off 14 years ago. Yeah. It, yeah. Wait, so it's st- right after, it's that 14 the, years yeah, haven't the passed. The very instant the, the mm. first one finishes. The second. This yes. one starts, yeah. Right. Which mm. is a really cool way to do it, I think. Because yeah. straight away you hit, get hit with nostalgia. Like, oh yeah, yeah it yeah, did yeah. end like this. Uh, but this time it's kind of Elastigirl's time to shine. And she's picked Who's up. Elastigirl? Uh, she is Holly Hunter's character, the wife of Mr. Incredible, who was the main character of the first Incredibles, mm-hmm. uh, she is kind of used to spearhead a new campaign to get superheroes in a good light again, but that leaves Mr. Incredible at home looking after the kids this time. Oh, stay-at-home dad now. Yeah, so it's Elastigirl who's out to save the world. So there's a bit of uh, gender swapping here where it's the, the female who takes over the main superhero role, which very you don't see very often. Yeah, so 
I'm not sure when this is supposed to be set. Do we know? Is it the 60s? I, I think it's a really ambiguous timeline. Uh, they've definitely gone like a 60s style kind of uh, yeah. golden age of comics look to it. Yeah. yeah. But there are also a lot of screens in, in cars and, and, and I think there's it, there's phones and communicators and things that would yeah. never have existed back then as well. Yeah, very sort of 50s um, outfits that they wear and then the house has some really 70s retro vibe. Yeah, and even the score is very kind of late 60s, early 70s spy thriller, a yeah. lot of like uh, little piano notes here and there. Yeah. Um, so I guess if it was set in that era, the traditional gender roles were the norm. The mm-hmm. woman stays at home and the man goes out and earns a living. Um, it may even today you might find it strange to see a stay-at-home dad. So I really loved how they made the female the one who went out to save the world and the dad is the one who stays home to take care of the kids. I'll watch the kids, no problem. That's not the way you're supposed to do it, Dad. There haven't been many Pixar movies where the female is the lead. We Mm. have Brave, Finding Dory, but there haven't been many. So I really love how they've made the mum the main character in this one. And there are a lot of other female characters in this as well. And they're not just in the background wallflowers. They're main characters as well. I know this is an unpopular opinion, but I don't have any particular like reverence or love for the original. I think it's mm. pretty good. It doesn't yeah. seem to me to be one of the Pixar films that jumps out as like this is. Well, no, you say that, time. but everyone that I talk to, really? it's like their favorite Pixar film. Oh. So I thought maybe yeah. this is good. I'm in good company because <laughs> <laughs> I always felt kind of bad. I'm like, yeah, it's all right. It's pretty mm. good. Uh, so going into this one, I guess I was like, oh yeah, did it need a sequel, whatever? But mm. it's it's. Great. That's my question. That's well, that's my fear. It's great. And I want to, I guess I, the question I'm asking is, is Hollywood getting better at sequels? Because there's been a few sequels lately, Deadpool 2 mm. or the, like the Infinity War, where they're really working out that you don't need to redo the first one anymore. You mm. just continue telling the same story. And well, that's this what this one does. Certainly mm. not new for Pixar. You know, Pixar, which has always sat separate to Hollywood in some ways and mm. done their own thing, you know. I think they're making Toy Story four at yeah. the moment. They they really they love a sequel. But for every Toy Story two and three and possibly four, which are really good, there's also a Cars two <laughs> yeah. and a Cars three, which are kind of the average sequel problem. Mm. Which is, I don't know, we'll just do it again, I guess. Yeah, I think it was really the fans who wanted the sequel, and I don't know why it took them fourteen years. Did yeah. anyone know? Well, but- yeah, Brad Bird said the director, the writer uh-huh. director, yeah. said that he wouldn't do it until oh. he worked out something that was at least as good, if not better. Oh, that's what they all. That's oh. what they say about all of them. That's well, what they're saying about Toy Story th- 4. This, <laughs> they just want to write a check, don't they? Well, this had a, a bunch of scripts previously that he's like, no, nah, it's still not as good because, okay. I mean, I'm sure Brad Bird lives very comfortably. Mm. He doesn't need, need the check to get by, so he may as well <laughs> wait until he can be a little bit arrogant and go, you know what, yeah. it's better. But then on that logic, I d- sometimes I don't understand why a studio like Pixar who – you know, made its name on fresh ideas, mm. has done so many sequels. Like, they're going to run out of sequels and, and instead of making new stories and coming up with new plots. But they give the fans what they want. Uh, fun little fact. When The Incredibles 2 trailer dropped, it had 113 million views in the opening week and that was the most viewed animated teaser trailer of all time. Mm. So it's a wanted sequel. I think Pixar are clever as a company where they know where the money is and they know the franchises are big, but they have some integrity as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they actually have a, a, a kind of a, a pact with the, the general public, which is 
we'll do a sequel, but we'll also make an original film the next year. And it kind of goes one for one like yep. that with Pixar. Mm. I think if you look at it logically as well, say you're, you're a man in a suit and you own a company and you have originals like, say... <laughs> this is a stretch for me. I'm sorry. You're going to have to give me a minute. <laughs> say you, you saw the, the Good Dinosaur, which was an original Pixar film making uh-huh. less, and then something that was an older Pixar film that gets a sequel making more, you, you might start leaning a little mm. bit more towards that, don't you? Did you wash your hands? With soap? Did you dry them? What? Is this all vegetables? So it has been 14 years. The world has changed. There's now a comic book movie every single hour on the hour. (laughs) So does this find its own space? Who should see this film? I think everyone should see it. It's got some really strong themes about family values, working together, trusting in one another. They celebrate the differences. Kids and adults will love it uh, from who's seen the first movie and you want to see how it ends in this one. And you know what? There's also a little short Pixar classic at the beginning called Bow and it's beautiful and emotional as most Pixar shorts are. So make sure you get there early to see that as well. The good thing about Pixar is they have this this, uh, incredibly intuitive kind of structure to what they do. Uh, there's a theory called the four quadrants of audience. I've, have you ever heard about this? Is male, female in two corners, and then the age brackets, children and adult. Mm. So four quadrants. And normally a film will appeal to one quadrant of that. But Pixar, yeah. are a, they, they call themselves a four quadrant story, <laughs> okay. which means that adults are going to love it yeah. because it's got a lot of comments about family and about evolving in the roles in family. But kids are going to love it because they're superheroes yeah. Yeah. fighting villains in a city. You know? yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great news for the bankers at Disney. Yeah. <laughs> for the entire month of May, every year we play tag. You're you me. You never know when someone's going to pop up. Congratulations, buddy. You're it. Doing great, Anna. Our buddy Jerry is the best that ever played. And now he wants to retire. Never been tagged. Here's a film with one of those cast lists that has you going, oh, 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 oh. You've got Ed Helms, Hannibal Buress, Isla Fisher, John Hamm, Jeremy Renner. Vari, is there enough room for everyone in tag? Yeah, this is a great funny film. It's about five friends who've been playing the same game of tag for 30 years. And this year they plan to tag the only friend that hasn't been it at his wedding. You know what I really like about the idea behind this movie uh, is, you know, it's in 2018, it's it's a little a bit of a scary time. And, you know, there's a lot of movies that are kind of dark and depressing. Yeah. This is such mm. a wholesome. This is a game of chasing. It's such a wholesome, yeah. fun movie <laughs> where this bunch of friends are just playing tag with one another. You know, what's even funnier is that it's based on a true story. Yeah. Which I didn't know previously going into this, but it just makes it that much more funny because you see some footage at the end of the guys who are who this is based on and they they film themselves tagging each other and all the costumes and the hijinks that they get up to they've included in the film so you watch the film and you're like that's ridiculous but it actually happened that makes it more funny so what what would they do would they like rock up to their workplace or something so these and just touch them and then run away yeah so these friends <laughs> Have grown up together. They all went to school together. Yeah. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird thing <laughs> to come up with when other. you're 25, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so they've got different lives and jobs now. Some of them have moved to different states. states. Uh-huh. So they live really far away. And they will, for one month of the year, the game is on. Okay. And they'll travel hundreds of miles to a different city, hide in the boot of a car, and jump out at their friend to tag them. 
Right. And then how does everyone know who's it? Does it sort of, they got a WhatsApp group or something, do they? <laughs> well, I mean, that's part of the fun, I suppose, is is you remember who was maybe it at the end of last year uh-huh. and you're trying to avoid them, but they might not be it anymore. So any of your friends yeah. are a problem. <laughs> I kind of don't want to see the movie. I just want to play. I just <laughs> want to run around and touch. Yeah, it's uh, that sounds creepy. Yeah. <laughs> there is an underlying creepiness to the game on a whole, isn't there? Now that I think about it, as adults, do they pull no. it off as not creepy oh, in the movie? Definitely, it's very wholesome. It's this. It comes off really yeah. sweet. You know, it's like the yeah. way that they all stay together as they play this silly little kids game, <laughs> and the idea that one of them, uh, Jeremy Renner's character, yeah. he's never been tagged, and he wants to quit at the end of the year. The idea that like it's about life moving on, and do you hold on to these things from when you're a child? Do you do you yeah. move on with your life? It's it's actually more in depth than I was expecting about mm. a game of tag. Yeah, I think they quote it throughout the film about the reason they do it is because you don't grow up because no uh, yeah you're close okay what they say it's it's a Benjamin Franklin quote I believe it's uh, <laughs> is it I think it well that's what they say in the movie I've not I, I've not looked this up I believe you but. Don't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's a Benjamin Franklin quote, I believe. Um, uh, I, I want to be more pretentious. <laughs> so I believe this comes from Benjamin Franklin. Oh, yeah. the, the quote that they say? keep saying that they, that they credit Benjamin Franklin for <laughs> is, uh, you don't get old. Uh, you don't. <laughs> See? It's really hard. No, no, I can do this. Yeah, what is it? You don't stop playing because you get old. You get old because you stop playing. Oh, yeah. good. We That's got what it. I always say. Anyway. <laughs> you and Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> Did, Jim, did Jeremy Renner, I heard that he broke both oh, his arms I have the best fact about this. What? So on day three of filming, he broke both of his wrists. What? Right? How? I, I, who knows? He's well, jumping he was, around a lot. I think he was filming another <laughs> film at the same time, like maybe a Mission Impossible type thing. No, no, he broke uh, it on this film. Yeah, right. Yeah, he, he gets quite it. physical in this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so on okay. day three, so Serious right, game at, tag. right, at, right yes. in the beginning, breaks both of his wrists. <laughs> and obviously they've got the whole cast there. They've got the team there. They yeah, can't stop filming. That's an issue. What they did is they put... Two casts on his arms mm. that were green. And for several <laughs> scenes in this film, his arms are CGI. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's like Cable in Deadpool. It's <laughs> like CG Henry Cavill's arm. top lip in Justice League, where they had to remove the mustache <laughs> through filming. Did you hear about this? No. He had a mustache yeah. through part of the filming in Justice League, and they didn't have time because he was filming Mission Impossible, in which he has to have a mustache. Right. So they had to CGI mm. off his mustache. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I love these pointless uses of CGI. <laughs> so Jeremy Renner, I mean, to their credit, I didn't notice it. That's but crazy. In a, in a bunch of scenes, yeah. his arms are CGI. So who should see this film? Yeah. Anyone who's ever played Tag? Yeah, if you're having a down day maybe and you need a laugh, you just need something fun and nice to watch. You'll really enjoy it. Yeah, I'm going to say if you enjoyed the movie Game Night from a few months ago, yeah. this is a very similar kind of appeal. So yeah. if that floated your boat, then you're really going to love uh, Tag. We're going to finish the job we started. You didn't know that I'm a fucking ninja. <laughs> While I am state-of-the-art, I am not a ninja. With horror flick Saw, writer Lee Winnell turned $1.2 million into $103 million, and I assume that he's hoping to do that again with his next action horror sci-fi flick, Cambo. Yeah, absolutely. And this definitely has the potential to be one of those films that all of your friends tell you to go and see. Mm-hmm. So the, the idea is uh, uh, the main character is called Grey, and his life's kind of turned upside down when his wife is murdered and he's left 
paralyzed from that the would neck really down. turn a life upside Wouldn't down, it, right? <laughs> that really flip it on its however, head. However, <laughs> however, he is part of an experimental new program that puts a computer chip in his neck called STEM. Mm, that kind like of my dog, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like your dog, yeah. he has an experimental computer chip in his neck that kind of gives him the ability to walk and get motor functions back. However, it also upgrades him and gives him a lot of things he didn't know he would need. Was Ooh. this another superhero film, Harry? Not really. (laughs) It's kind of the anti-superhero film. Yeah, I didn't expect much of it going into it. I just thought from the trailers it looked like a bit like her crossed with the Matrix because like Stem ends up talking to him in his head. And it turned out to be a really smart, interesting concept. It touches a lot on VR, cyborgs, human enhancement and a bit of automatism. Maybe because he's from Melbourne, it's no surprise. But Lee Winnell was actually here and uh, Mm. we got to chat to him. So let's hear him talk about the movie. Upgrade is kind of this like crazy mesh of action sci-fi. Uh, how did you come up with this idea? Um, I had an image appear in my head one day of a quadriplegic person, somebody was that was suffering paralysis, who had a computer chip installed in their neck that would control the body for them and kind of bridge the gap between their brain and their nerve endings. And I just loved the image. I couldn't get it out of my head and I kept thinking about the possibilities of that and started kind of building a story around it essentially. So it was kind of like a, that single image slowly you thought of what that story could be and, you know. Went yeah, that that's, happens a lot of times with me. You know, stories don't arrive fully formed. Yeah. It's usually an image or, or uh, a scene. Something pops into your head and then over the ensuing weeks or months or even years, it gradually morphs into a story. I've made a fair few movies now. I was thinking about it the other day. I think 12 or 13 of my screenplays have been made into films right. and I've only written 14. Oh, wow. Okay. So I've, I've been lucky enough to have a high ratio of yeah. produced screenplays and I've learned that some movies go very well, some go badly. They all have an energy. It's like the movie itself is a person. Yeah, okay. Definitely they have a life of their own. And Upgrade was one of those movies that seemed to have a charmed life. I mean, we, we, we got great actors. Everybody was nice. Yeah. Nobody was arguing with each other. The locations were great. The post team we got for the film was great. At, at every step of the way, it was, it was really cool. Here's the thing. Four guys murdered my wife. Lee Winnell is two things. He's kind of a master of horror. You know, he wrote Saw and mm-hmm. kicked off that whole franchise. Did he do all of them or just that first one? He wrote the first three. Okay, he's also, okay. He stars mm. in Saw. He's the, he's the guy in the bathroom. Oh, right. That's Lee Winnell, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I'd, he... I'd know that if I'd seen Saw, <laughs> yeah. but so terrified am I <laughs> that and there's just no chance. <laughs> he wrote Insidious and he started that franchise off, which was kind yeah. of like the, the, the pinnacle of horror back then. And then he mm. wrote The Conjuring and started that franchise off. Wow. So he's kind of a master of a franchise. Yeah, right? getting these little interesting ideas and starting franchises mm. off. And Upgrade is, I guess, leaning a little bit more away from horror. It's not ghosts and demons and yeah. stuff like that. What it is, it's like a throwback grindhouse film. Yeah. It feels like it comes from the 70s or the 80s or something where it's a man out for revenge and he's going to get it by all means and it's kind of schlocky and it's kind of fun. Yeah. But 
the action scenes are incredible. Yeah, what I found really interesting, and <laughs> it's a weird <laughs> feeling, but I've never laughed so hard while someone is having their head chopped in half. Yeah, Like, I'm not a fan of those movies like Saw where it's just yeah. gore and horror for the sake of it, and I'm, I'm grossed out by those things, but I was crying laughing in this. Right. this. Which yeah. is the intention? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. This film is a lot funnier than you're expecting it to be because yeah. they really have fun with the idea that this guy can kind of have his body taken over. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, so the it stars Logan Marshall Green, who's not particularly the best-known actor. Yeah. Uh, he's been in things... He's been in big movies like Prometheus yeah. and Spider-Man Homecoming. He was in the OC. A, the OC. <laughs> he's always a bit of a bit player. But he the the acting he must have to do, yeah. because this, this computer chip takes over his body yeah. and this computer chip knows how to fight. So physically, he's very confident, uh-huh. but emotionally on his face, he's not confident at all. Yeah. And the Which we, is, I don't yeah. know how he did it. It's hard to go it. method on that. <laughs> you can't Honestly, experience that. Try, try and move confidently with your body and look unconfident in your face. It's such a hard thing to do. I don't know, yeah. actually know how he did it. I can't even move confidently if someone tells me to walk. <laughs> walk over there. I'm like, where my arms go? I don't know. What are my legs meant to do? Yeah, because the computer's taking over his body. Every movement he makes is so precise. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but he's so grossed out by what he's doing, he'll like look away and be like, uh, his arm is just, you know, torturing someone. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Can anybody else hear you? No, only you. May I point something out? In the drone surveillance footage, Sir Brantner, Marine Corps, address 414 Citrus, New Ground. You'll need a plan. I got this. This doesn't seem like a well thought out plan. So they really kind of lean into that kind of B-grade schlocky grindhouse vibe that they're going for. What's grindhouse? It's a grindhouse with the old low-budget kind of horror exploitation movies from the 70s. You, you used to see them at old video stores like in the right. back corner. It's the kind of stuff like, Quentin Tarantino bases his films on? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly like he that. He did the grindhouse. Legion. They did the two films back-to-back called Grindhouse, mm. which uh, one was Quentin Tarantino, one was Robert Rodriguez. And it yeah, was that was idea once- that... They're just completely silly, and they know that they're silly, and they yep. know who they're for. Yeah. Everyone calls them exploitation, don't Exploitation, they? Yeah. exactly. Like yeah. silly horror, though. Exactly. And this really kind of leans into it and has a lot of fun, but it does it with, like, 2018 cameras and special effects and, and pacing, <laughs> first of all. This yep. film is really well-paced. It doesn't overstay mm. its welcome or anything. Okay. But it, it doesn't lose sight of the silliness of those kind of movies. For instance, the villains yeah. in this movie all have shotguns implanted in their arms. <laughs> they load cartridges into like their elbow joints Great. and they shoot out their palm. Great. Yeah, there's one scene where a guy is loading a bullet into his bicep. Yeah. Such a missed joke there. Now that's what I call guns. <laughs> Did I read somewhere that you can spot the Hume Highway in here if you look closely? Is it shot in Melbourne? It was, yeah. yeah. So, obviously, Lee Winnell actually went to RMIT University in Melbourne, and that's Uh where he wrote Saw. And then all these years later, he's kind of... Did he love it that back. much, did he? He must have. <laughs> yeah. It was the most livable city in the world, Karen. I don't know if you know that. So. People from Melbourne don't mention it much, but yeah. it's very livable. But all these years later, he's kind of come back and made this this film that he's not only written but directed this time in the city he grew up in. Yeah, so it's in this near future world, but you can spot parts of Melbourne and people from Melbourne or who know it will be like, yeah, I know that bridge. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, there's, there's a, there was a point. There's a quite an intense uh, car chase at one point. Yeah. And, you know, everything's flipping and, and people are shooting each other. And yeah. then just a, one part in the back of my brain went, is that the M1? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's strange because people who watch, like people who live in New York and watch movies or live yeah, in LA and watch all the time. it must happen all the time. Yeah. And we just get to watch this fantasy. Mm. So to have that experience is kind of cool too. So who should see this film? 
Look, this film is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> so if if you're a bit adverse to uh, some some violence, it's very violent. But if you love a good kind of exploitation, or even John Wick is a good example, actually, yeah. that's your kind of thing. Yeah. Man, this film's for you. Well, I was kind of, I was kind of thinking as soon as I saw Saw, I was like, oh, maybe it's not for me. But is it not? Is it not like that? Yeah. So there are bits of horror in it, but the the gore and the shock is kind of taken out a little bit because of the comedy. Right. So I did laugh a lot in those violent scenes. Yeah. So there are moments of that, but it's a bit Black Mirror ex machina esque. So it's more about the technology and the cyborgs that sci fi. So if you like that sort of genre with a bit of the action and violence, you really get into it. It's kind of like a bunch of films kind of put in a blender together because there's bits of her, you know, he's talking to a computer all the time. The Matrix with some of the incredible fight scenes that are going on. And then they've stuck them in a blender, filmed it in Melbourne and chucked it on the screen. Great. What's more to love? (laughs) What a disgusting analogy. (laughs) Last week we asked what you would steal in a heist to win a gold class double pass to Village Cinemas. Do we have a winner, Cambo? We do. We do have a winner. And I just wanted to give just one honourable mention Uh before we get to the A silver medal. A silver medal. Last place, as I call it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, they they, they didn't win the gold class double pass, but I liked their answer a lot, so I just wanted to read it out. Uh, This is from from Michael said that if he could heist anything, he'd steal Thanos' Infinity Gauntlet and undo some recent tragedies that may have happened. And then he ends the email just saying, oh... Yeah. Aww. <laughs> That's nice. But the winner of the week is uh, Ash. And Ash has uh, emailed in what I think is the most genius thing to steal. She said, if I could steal anything, I would steal kilograms of the McDonald's chicken nuggets. <laughs> I would fry them up and I would hold a nugget Great Gatsby-esque party with all of my friends. <laughs> Instant legend. Aww. Ash loves a nugget. So, Ash, uh, we will email you the Gold Class Double Pass. Thank you so much for writing in. Can you get, can you get nuggets in Gold Class? You can get chicken strips. You can get chicken strips. Chicken tenders. Close enough, I feel. Well, for your chance to win a Village Cinema's Gold Class Double Pass this week, we're after your answer to the question, what superpower would you have and why? To win, send your answer and your contact details, of course, to win at thecinemacrew.com.au and you can find that link in the notes below. Next week, we'll find out if the matchup of Paul Rudd British comedy legend Steve Coogan is a couple of terrible gay dads is a good one. And can Chris Pratt save the dinosaurs before Jurassic Park explodes? I'm told that's not a joke. Is that what happened to the movie? Uh, yes. Until then, thanks, Cambo. Thanks, Barry. Thank you. I'm Kyron Wheatley, and this is The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas.